Hello and welcome to the Blues Guitar Show podcast with me, Ben Martin, from thebluesguitarshow.com. In today's very special episode, I catch up with Marco Cinelli, uh, one quarter of the Cinelli brothers. He's the guitarist and singer. I catch them whilst they're on tour, just before they shoot off to Portugal. The Cinelli brothers are widely regarded as being one of the best live blues acts in the UK as well as the European scene. They've been touring all over Europe supporting their new album called Villa Duke Joint. Uh, they've been nominated for, I think, over three UK blues awards and Marco himself is an absolutely phenomenal guitarist. I thoroughly recommend checking out Villa Duke Joint as well as all of the other good stuff that they've got over on their website or you can find it on Apple Music. In this conversation, we talk about pretty much everything from writing to what gear he uses to what techniques he's in favour of, how he got as good as he got at guitar playing, life on the road, living in a band, uh, touring all over the UK and Europe, just all sorts of stuff. It's a really great conversation and uh, I really appreciate Marco giving us some of his time, especially in the midst of their crazy touring schedule. So I hope you enjoy. Here's my conversation with Marco Cinelli. Are you guys on tour right now? Yes, we are. We are. Next stop is Portugal. And uh, the one before that was uh, Estonia. Oh, wow. So, How has it, it been? Very good. Very good. So far, so good. Uh, we've been hitting some great stages. Uh, especially Estonia was massive. It was like, uh, I think, easily 5,000 5, people. It was a great festival. It's called August Augusti Blues. Oh yeah, yeah. If you heard, yeah, I have. Very cool. Yeah, and an amazing landscape as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, and tomorrow Portugal. Fantastic. So where are you right now? Are you are you in back in the UK in between, or are you in Portugal? I mean, I mean, I mean, UK at the moment for a few gigs, uh, a few things. Like we play at the Dusty Blues Club, and I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah, yeah. How was it? Great! It's a legendary place. Yeah, it's it's our second time, mm-hmm. third time because me and my brother played there um, uh, doing the rhythm section of an of another artist. So it's the third uh-huh. time for us. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love it. It was packed. Uh, we knew most of the people. It's a great, great environment. Yeah, so. that's awesome. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, you guys, where are you based? I'm actually based near Reading. Okay, so, not far from where we live. Me and my brother, yeah, we have yeah, you know. guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I used to, I used to do a lot of gigging in London, but I haven't past couple of years haven't done much uh, in London or abroad. Uh-huh. It's cool to see you guys are so busy. It's uh, like the list of dates you guys have is is a pretty full on schedule, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of uh, we got lucky for the kickback after the the pandemic and stuff like that. We had a lot of requests and. Um, we got lucky this time to try to squeeze everything in in a way that is human, not like not uh, hectic, too hectic. Like, of course, there's a lot, a lot of traveling going on, but it's okay. It's okay. The conditions are fair, fair, so it's it's quite okay. One of the things that's uh, I think really cool about about you guys is that you have a real DIY kind of approach. Um, I saw an interview you did where I think you said that you said you're quite an indie setup at the moment you do a lot of your own uh merch stuff and do you do all your own driving and everything is that all yes yes we just bought a van um and uh, my brother is absolutely in love with the van he's a great driver 
mm-hmm. and uh, in the first place, he doesn't let anyone else drive because it's oh, his yeah. thing. He's very, he's very happy about it, and he's a great driver. He can hit eight hours straight, uh, not feeling the need for a change. It's just like for him, driving is a bit recharging. It's just absolutely perfect because. I can stay on his side uh, by, by, by him and do all the other works, like the phone work, the emailing. If he has something in his mind, he says, have you texted this one? Ah, yes, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. So it's a great team this way. Yeah, and so does that mean you're also booking all your own shows? Are you, do you have a book? Started by, yes, 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 exactly. No, we have a few bookers here and there that help us out. We have a few friends booker in, in, in the UK. We just came up, come up with like proposition for festivals and gigs, and a few abroad. We have one in Spain, one in the Netherlands. You know, just most like friends than like official booking agency. We don't have exclusivity with anyone. You know, it's just like yeah. you know, or like somebody saying tipping, like you should go play at that festival. Here's the contact. Mm-hmm. You know. It's cool, man. It's a, it's a, kind of run it like a like a proper old school band, you know. Get a van, hit the road. It, well, if you could talk about if you could, could talk about old school, because back in the days, you know, there was a big org- label that organized everything. Well, you know? the, the concept of indie band, although looks old school, is quite modern, I think. Mm-hmm. Because back in the days, the musicians were solely called uh, on duty to do music or yeah, live performance or other stuff or record not even compose you know just record and tour yeah, yeah. And sleep and now eat and now tour <laughs> look good <laughs> now <laughs> no, it's cool. it's me, my brother and i the very like the how do you say we spend the most of the time doing what the label did you back in the day but we did yeah. a, yes my brother is an excellent video editor and uh, I'm a producer. I, I'm an engineer also. I can edit like audio. He uses Photoshop. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm good in dealing with doing the PR. He's great in dealing on the phone. You know, we just like, we specialized. And uh, in, in, yeah, we do the whole work. Yeah. Two of us, well, one mainly. of the things I think I read, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you recorded the last album, uh, Village Eatbox, with one mic. Yes, correct. Okay. How did, so how did you how did you set that up? So basically, uh, is if I came with the idea to do something like not very expensive, mm-hmm. I wanted to do something home cooked that did a sun home cook because after they please set your alarm, the first record, we had so many praises like for the sound. I didn't want to end up doing an album that was whose average was like below the first one. I always want to do something that is better or different but on the same level at the very least so it was a hard task just to try to obtain a very cool sound with one ribbon microphone Mm. in the living room of our house so um i started with the idea let's do it you know let's find the mic and let's see if it inspires me i thought that any mic could work if positioned in a proper way and you're not crank up with the preamp and a little boost here and there of frequency stuff like that uh but it took me three months to understand how the the mic works to get the best best sound of it because sometimes the drums too loud we needed to screen the drums 
Well, I was going to say a ribbon mic. They're quite sensitive, right? Because you can you can break the ribbon inside it. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a modern mic. Is a the on MTR from Rode. It's called. Mm. It's a it's a relatively cheap microphone. It costs a little more than four hundred pounds. You mm. know, it's not that inaccessible. Yeah, we, we thought about like renting one old vintage mic, stuff like that. But the, just the fact to deal with this vintage stuff, you know, it's it's crazy because yeah. you may end up damaging the mic if you don't care or not careful. So yeah. I've um, I've, with the mic, this particular ribbon mic um, has a great response. Resp- uh, it's very responsive after one meter of distance. But mm-hmm. if you're too close, you you may lose some sound sometimes. I just found out in the middle of the session that basically if you give 30 centimeters more, it breathes more, the sound swells more. It's strange how it works, you know, the, and there's absolutely nothing on the side. So whether all the, uh, the amps were all aligned on the back of the mic and the drums mostly on the side. So it, it was really screened, you know, just to, <laughs> once you understand how it works, you're just like, okay, I know exactly how many, inches far from the mic the bass player should be stuff like yeah Yeah. so actually the the first thing i came across uh of you guys was a video you put on youtube i think it was just called blues band from london and it was a it was a video of you guys playing in what looked like a kind of storage unit um yeah and i i heard it and i thought oh holy shit how do i not know about this band and you guys i think you opened with a version of baby please don't go right yeah and uh I mean, you guys are a fantastic live band, obviously. Um, I think you're kind of getting quite well known as being like one of the best live bands in the, in the country, certainly. How was it when you were recording live? Because presumably with one mic, you know, everyone's got to be pretty on it. Yeah, I mean, we needed to adjust. We grew up a lot after this session, you know. There were some key sessions in our career that really made the band do the step up. Because okay, we are we have good hearts, all of us. We love the blues. We know what a good band should sound like, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have it right away. You know, there's no secret really. It's just like uh, we 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 have the passion for the good sound and stuff like that. So you see that there is an, an honesty in doing what we do, but it's just trying out. For example, Billage joined the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he really did this was a good training for the band i felt i feel after that session that lasted more or less three months you know um we got better much better because we could understand each other the dynamics because we were like recording all a bunch of takes and listening back and for days for days so these just went in and just wrote something in the band's dna you see what i mean and just like we could understand each other better we know the, the dynamics we know the nods we know the phrases and that's it the, the the concert you are referring to is was like coming to a garage near you that was the original name and it's actually our garage oh, cool. we wanted to do some yeah we wanted to do something to something exceptional i think like playing in a garage and being uh, having a great sound is something it, it is something indeed because yeah. if you can have like the pockets in a garage which is an horrible sound you know it's just the horrible sound the yeah, most horrible fun. sound and it looked really good as well did you have like just one person with a camera or a few people just one just one uh yeah one guy 
I think it was it was Colin Burns, my guitar tech. He was there, just like giving the gimbal and my iPhone. I said, yeah. just do the take. We recorded a track, a track. It's enough for a blues band, a track. You just need to. I don't remember if it was a track or sixteen track because sometimes what I do, I take two laptops with two sound audio device for a track each, and I'll pull oh, okay. a bunch of light and I blend them in one only project. You know, I made I made, put on the all the region in faith, in, it just aligned very well. And uh, I don't remember if it was like eight or sixteen tracking it, but it sounds very good. Uh, it's quite honest, you know. It just I like the raw raw sound of it. Mm. So it's uh, when you mix it, you just uh, you, I start mixing from a general compression that squeezes everything in, and then I move the single single sounds to just uh, to what I want if this is required compression or a little bit distortion and stuff like that you know mm. and is you that what you asked uh, I you felt like it didn't oh yeah yeah no it was <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, what was the guitar you were playing in that one it was a um, is it an airline tuxedo is that what you were yes. playing in the video and yeah, you, you don't use a pick right you play finger style mm. mm-hmm did you when you so, first playing? Were you did you play acoustic guitar first, or did you start off straight on electric? What was your kind of? I started. No, I started straight with the electric, hmm. uh, with the pick, like anybody else. Um, the only difference is that I'm left-handed. This oh, really, <laughs> yeah. So you understand this is uh, quite different for left-handed uh, who starts playing guitar right hand, hmm. because. Um, at least for me, there was there always have been a big impediment for me with the right hand to try to nail the staccatos at very fast speed. You know that when you do phrases and you want to just phrasing like Pat Martino, all the stuff, I always found it very hard, harder than anyone else. At least, of course, I could achieve stuff, and I always felt like I need my dose of like routine technique to be able to pull out the phrases I want just because my right hand is very behind my left hand and until the moment I I think I was 18 years old or 19 years old it happened to me that I saw Derek Trucks live Mm. and that had a a great impression on me the way he could like pull a funky rhythm most of all just like doing a sort of it looked like it was like doing some um, some rumba feel even some classical (laughs) flamenco you know yeah. It felt to me like you moved the, the wrist to say, oh, it's so tight. Mm. And that was the first sign. Then I saw Jeff Beck as well live. Mm. And I, I, he, all the chemistry he could, he could achieve with just the hands, you know, like reaching the knobs of the volume and the vibrato. These two episodes, I, I said, you know why? Maybe I should try to play. I love the fact that I could play everything everything with just the pick just the fingers without the pick mm. and i tried straight away i quit the the pick one day from another and it took me quite a while to to be able to do everything i could uh, like solo comping uh but it's very rewarding yeah they they used to it is the choice of style because i wanted a sound that was like a trademark for the Chanelli brothers that wasn't a sound that you overheard in time like the usual amazing strat sound the usual amazing taylor sound but for how amazing it is it's just that sound just like i want people to say oh i want this guitar is glossy is like okay looks like a single coil but 
sounds like a strap, but it's like you, oh, I don't know, tempting, you know? Yeah. I've, I've been looking to sil Silvertone, to be fair with you, in the beginning. You know, Silvertone guitars and Supro guitars. These are great guitars. Mm. Um, and then I saw online this airline tuxedo that looks amazing, this color orange, like, oh, this deserve a try. The, for, the problem is that back then when I, uh, there wasn't few guitars in Europe already because it's from, I think the brand is from the States, it's from Chicago or something, the Eastwood. I was on a trip to the States and I saw, found someone on Craigslist who sold the guitar. So I bought it. That's oh, cool. it. <laughs> I bought it and I, and I bought it. it we, we, we gave ourselves an appointment in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin. It was in the Harley-Davidson Museum. It was quite cool. <laughs> we, trade, we traded there. It was quite nice. That's it. I, yeah. And the final, the final setup, just to close that, the final setup was just to bring the strings, thicker strings, much thicker than anyone else's, like 13 and indie. Everything is tuned down one tone. So that's the final sound uh, of the Chinelli brothers. To, to tune down and to, for the thicker strings, like what, why do you feel that's that's better for you? Because this this the guitar is short scale, mm. feels like a toy in your hands. When you play, it's just like a toy. It doesn't feel like a very sturdy guitar. Mm. Uh, it feels amazing, but as soon as you hit the D, it gets deeper. When you do like some acoustic or or rum or uh, boogie or I don't know some lightning old game stuff like that immediately you feel like it's vibrating more it gives you more satisfaction more pleasure so mm -hmm. I kept it in D I thought C may be too low for this kind of stuff really because it, but D can work very fine also D is a very good key for me mm -hmm. when I sing around the blue scale on D so there's a lot of compositions in the obviously that generally originated out of that setting you know yeah of course and when you say d are you think are you talking drop d or uh open tuning d it's um drop d drop d drop but d. all the strings are dropped in d yeah not all just the sixth all, oh, of, all of, drop everything it, down yeah, yeah everything. it's a standard tuning one tone down oh cool minus two all your, all your slide in standard tuning it's great. I mean, I always, I always did slide most things done in tuning because I couldn't afford bringing two guitars to show. So <laughs> I used the, 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 the central set of strings, the, the G triad, you know, the uh, G and B to just play this great for slide. You need three strings really to play slide open. Yeah. So the, tri the triad, that's what you need. <laughs> and the rest, you can adjust it a little bit. I don't think in... For what I do is required more. Of course, the open tuning is great because it's broad, it's wide. It's, but Jeff Beck does like slide uh, regular tuning. If you, well, I think if you yeah. actually, he does a lot of. There are trucks can do it in any tuning. He's got like a couple of tune, different tunings. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, it depends cool. on what you, the sound you want. You know, if on Elmer James, you, and almost ninety percent, you need to tune down open tuning. You know. Yeah, you see what I mean. That's yeah. that's like the trademark of the sound, you know. Mm -hmm. So, when you guys are approaching writing an album like um, Villa Jukebox, uh, Villa Jukebox, mm -hmm. um, Villa Joint, what's the kind of yeah. kind of writing process? Well, 
I'll, to be fair with you, I've just like uh, I always written songs in a different style than the blues. I don't, uh, I don't want to claim to be a blues like writer because uh, we were, we were like copying the, the the grooves of the, the what we love and just put down some lyrics that it sounds like authentic. You see what I mean? Like, oh, I like this cover. No, actually, it's our songs, but it's a, a mocking process. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I like this vibe here. Of course, it's completely restyled because it doesn't have the intent, the old intention. Just have the same vibe, the same feel, and the same like um, words or poetry in it. The same sort of, that reminds me, just a word of copying, really, or emulating, if you allow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's nothing really new. But later, like Village of Joint, it was like, okay, Let's do a boogie, you know? All right, let's do this. Let's do... I think we, we need to shuffle now because a great blues album has like a couple of rhythms that are very important there in it, like a good shuffle, like Texas style mm-hmm. uh, or Chicago style, you know, or jump and um, a rumba feel and uh, and this and this and that. So let's make songs out of this rhythm, basically, you know? when I When I think about a blues record, I say, okay, a record to be interesting and to let listeners listen from beginning to end. You must have this, 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 a piano song and this, a ballad. And mm-hmm. so it's very, it varies and it's interesting. Otherwise, it's just like the same thing. It might not be taken just to, of course, if you, Harlem Wolf can do that, you know, can have all two, 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 you can have 15 songs of Howling Wolf doing that and you never get bored because it's Howling Wolf, of course. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's just the Chanelli brothers, you can do, you, you, may, you may vary the rhythm a little bit. In that. And then trying to make something that it sounds blues. The only thing I might say, though, is just like we always wanted the lyrics to sound authentic as possible, mm-hmm. but with a touch of modernity that people mm-hmm. from, the, from the blues will understand that it's just like, okay, these guys are doing a sort of clan d'oeil to say like a sort of a reference to 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 the greatest of the past but they adding their own sauce their own way in a cute way that's what i hope it happens you know yeah, yeah that definitely comes across do you guys okay. do you jam a lot when you when you uh, kind of practice together do you do a lot of jamming no not really not really uh, i think we have clear ideas if jj for example the other guitar player mm-hmm. Um, comes with the, I want to do I like this sound and he starts to like doing the sound so my brother understands that we jam a little bit on the sound mm-hmm. Some, I can record the sound so just to 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 impress it like to have it recorded and remember it and then I'll I'll think about an, on a song the next day so how it should go what lyrics should I have mm-hmm. uh, to make it interesting you know mm-hmm. and some, that's it but there's only a couple of uh, occasions where we used to jam to song uh, for, and the jam became a song, you know, just right. like, let's jam. Sometimes you have the feeling, yeah, you're there, you're rehearsing and they say, let's dedicate the last half hour to jam. Let's see what happens then. But me and my brother, mostly like uh, during the pandemic, we were jamming a lot um, because it was uh, about an element and in duo, we could jam for hours during the night. Oh, cool. You know, so I stopped because I needed to practice some bass, and mm. so we'll jam rhythms. And I have a bunch of recordings of that, and that's some very nice moments. So I hope I will recycle that. 
Mm, or something new. Yeah, yeah. So the band has expanded quite a lot in the last couple of years, right? So you've yeah. got um so I think since the uh blues blues band in London, you were you were a four piece there. What's the kind of setup at the moment for your for your live shows? Yeah, it's still a four piece, but four piece? We, 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 you know what is written is written on the on the rider, you know, four beat four-piece band, but gear for seven-piece band. Yeah, because everyone just seems to do multiple instruments, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, we, the three at the front, mm-hmm. we're all three guitar players, you know, yeah. but we can on just one moment we play guitar simultaneously, the three of us, and there's no bass, right. you know. And for the rest, like me, I'll, I go with, um, between piano, keys, and guitar. Jack Tom, JJ is a harmonica and guitar, and Steve is guitar and bass. So, depending on the sound, it's very likely the Beatles like approach. You know, what's required here? A bass player who's available, who's that? Gonna think, <laughs> okay, yeah, you do the bass in here, you know? <laughs> That's so cool. That, I mean, and JJ is a phenomenal harmonica player. Like, he is. Really, really, he uh, is. such a big sound, isn't it? He is. And he's just there. He never failed to. Mm. Make the right note at the right place. Mm. Just uh, harmonica can be quite heavy instrument, especially if overplayed. Mm. And the absence of the harmonica is just to give some, some, some notes on the right moment and impress everybody. That's what I love the most about harmonica. JJ is a guy who never plays until he feels that this is the time to play. You know. Yeah, but he also has he has really he has really good tone when he plays harmonica. Like sometimes he is uh, like uh, some more Bob Dylan stuff when the harmonica yeah. comes, you kind of go whoa. But I mean, he's yeah, got yeah. Real, real control, JJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, I mean, we argue a lot, me and him, about the tone of the harmonica, but he always end up like with the best tone because I think the harmonica, like the the treble down, you know, all muffled. I think about that, but he he insists in saying, no, we need some treble here, some treble here, and I let him do. And he was always right. Now we tour. Uh, he has this amazing amp. I, I must say, the Vibro King. It's a big ass amp, but it's the best amp ever for harmonica. It's just oh, like cool. insane. The tone he has is just crazy good. The Vibro he uses the Vibro King now for the harp. Oh, cool! And he has one of the. Uh, he has a handheld harmonica mic, right? I'm just interrupting this episode to let you know about the Blues Guitar Show Plus membership. Plus members get access to weekly lessons each Friday complete with tabs and downloads. For just $5 a month, you'll get instant access to nearly a year's worth of guitar lessons covering finger picking, fretboard theory, soloing, improvising slide and much, much more. If you're tired of bouncing around on YouTube trying to pick up bits of information from here and from there and you find it hard to commit to regular lessons, this is for you. Details of how to join are in the description below. Now back to the episode. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I don't know the brand, but he changes a few. He changed a few mics here and then, and and now I think he's found his own bullet. He's very happy with it. Cool. Yeah. When you guys tour, are you? Do you just take one guitar with you? That's it. Just one guitar. No, we take two. Mm -hmm. Me and JJ take two guitars each. I take uh, the airline and a three three five Gibson three three five. And JJ has this Eternal, which is a replica of uh, SG for oh. left hand. He's left hand and playing left hand. He plays left hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he has a Tele. 
Got a Telecaster. Mm. Yeah, very nice Tele. He has also, he has, um, what's that called? Dan, Dan Electro, I think it is. I don't uh, remember. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's so a very good one. You don't use any pedals either, right? You just go straight into the amp? Yes. Yeah, well, when we have our own amps, mostly straight into the amps. Yeah. So, but when we tour, for example, tomorrow we go to Portugal. I don't know which condition are the amps that we will give. They're new. Of course, if they're new, they're hard to crack, right? Yeah. Um, there's one pedal. Me and JJ use the same pedal, and sometimes we give it to Steve too. It's the King Tone. You know the King Tone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's just an amazing pedal. Um, the Blues Power is called. Mm -hmm. It's just a sort of, you know, the dualist, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very successful pedal. Yeah. But the Blues Power um, is a, it's, it work, uh, it's amazing with a Strat and a Fender. It's just the amp for a Strat and a Fender. If you want to have the Stevie Ray tone and Jimi Hendrix Stevie Ray tone, Robin Troller. Uh, but it works very fine with any other guitar if you can adjust it. And because it has a compression in it that makes playing blues right. So if tomorrow, tomorrow I'll bring with me, if I have like an amp that it doesn't crank up at the volume I want, it's just too clean or too, or too mellow. Mm -hmm. I just put a little, I use the blues power as a boost, you know? Uh, okay. uh, yeah, 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 but like a hot plate, something we use a hot plate. Now. Yeah, something that gives a little con contour around mm -hmm. the notes. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And JJ also used it as well for like, he, he try always clean. Mm -hmm. Um, and then put it on sometimes we leave it always on you know and we just adjust the volume for uh, for gain uh, for solos and stuff like that and comping otherwise I have a wah pedal lately oh yeah I play wah I play wah yeah in a couple of songs oh, just cool. to add another color yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I have um, an old wah from Thomas Organ it's the crybaby before he became Jane Dunlop oh really it's crazy Oh, cool. Yeah, it's just like it's not true by far, so it divorced the sound as soon as you put it. But it's okay because the was always tend to be louder than yeah, yeah. it's okay, it's okay. Um, the, uh, but he doesn't open much, he doesn't have the that mix of effect very like in your face, it's just a little bit blended, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's perfect for blues, you know. Mm. That sounds great when you guys are gigging, when like when you're uh, on tour and stuff. From the videos I've seen, it always looks like you're just having the most fun when you're on stage. Um, and you kind of go in and out of doing some covers and lots of your original stuff. Do you mm -hmm. set list down? Like, do you do the same set list for a bunch of gigs in a row? Or do you do it each night? We do it each night. We do it each night because uh, I understood in this few years of experience of playing live that... I, I notice how the song, like, sometimes that they don't work in a room. It's strange to say that, but some songs don't work in this room here or for this crowd. So even though we love to play the same set list, it would just ease the work very much. I like, I see the crowd, I see the room, I talk to the guys, I think we should do this, 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 and that tonight. He said, yes, that's what we do tonight. So I have a list of songs. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I have a great app for that. I recommend everybody. Uh, I think it's no secret because I keep telling everybody it's called Setlist Maker. Now it got really expensive, uh, but when by the time I bought it, it was like all free or very cheap. Mm -hmm. It gives you a list. You put a list on the database of 
of, of with all the notes. Like, for example, when I do a set list, all right, I need some parameters that I need to respect. I need to see everybody must sing the right amount of songs. There's there should be an highlight, a limelight moment for each musician. Okay. There should be, you know, there are musts that the, the, it makes the show successful. You see. Okay, there must be uh, a moment of a harmonica, a moment of there must be a, a moment featuring good singing, a ballad, and uh, and this an interplay and a little circus moment where we where we play like a little bit silly. So I, and I highlight this in different colors of notes, and this actually put put you the set list in a way that you can see everything. You'll see, okay, the set list is made because for this show all the parameters are fulfilled like all the 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 checklist is done you know that's cool yeah, yeah so that's why i work quickly but otherwise if i for, for whatever reason i don't want to use it i know exactly what to do just think two minutes and write it down yeah just, we save a lot of paper just sending set list with our smartphones you know mm. yeah so, <laughs> and so going back to you and your brother did you did you play together when you were kids yes yes we did yeah, I, I started music. I started first, um, but one year later or two, he was asked like he expressed desire to play drums. So my my dad bought him a very rudimental drum kit. He was like eleven when he started. Oh, oh. yeah, and we started jamming, but it, then we lost interest because we were teenagers, like everybody on his own thing, you know. Yeah. Then we have like a. A massive comeback on music I, I was like about 16 and he was like no I was 17 he was 13 and I I, I said okay I want to be a musician now I knew it that I wanted to be a musician and, and I was bringing music more and more at home so I got involved and he was also was playing more and more he started you know he dropped the drums a little bit for uh, tennis my brother to play sports right then he got back and he said, I want to maybe play guitar or bass. I don't know, stuff like that. But then he got back on drums and he started gigging right away with another uh, turn of mind, another mentality. And uh, we, it was there that we started to jam together, you know, mm -hmm. very much like jamming, exploring, listening music together. But of course, I had my, like back then, the difference age was bigger than now, you know. So I had my circuit of musicians. I didn't let him play much because I had like my own like drummer from my band, you know, just like they were two generation almost, you know, mm -hmm. he hang out with his friends, I hang out with his friends. But always curiosity about music, like exchanging, listen to this, listen to that. Yeah, of course. And then I moved out of the country and he stayed and he started working like a mad band in Italy as a drummer, session player. And I was like doing my, my tour in Europe in the mm -hmm. meantime. <laughs> we joined ourselves again. We we met again in the UK actually in 2016. Did you go? Um, you went to Spain, is that right? No, I went to the Netherlands first, oh, and okay. I almost I stayed there almost four years. Oh, and I went to France for mm -hmm. four years and more. And mm -hmm. then my brother was already moved to the UK. He moved when he was 23. Mm -hmm. He was doing very well. I said, "Why don't you come over here? And we do something together." I said, oh, "I'd love to." Mm. I'd love to and we just uh, I just moved there you know I just moved here I mean to the UK he introduced me already to a whole bunch of people he was doing residencies he was doing very well he did very well and uh, by 
uh, no mistake, but say, let's play some blues. Some We were playing, can you believe we were playing EDM? Oh, music really? and pop music, <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Like sessions? No, my own stuff. Hmm. My own stuff. I used to write songs like electronic pop, stuff like that. Very chart pop, electro pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that where you it's got this... your basis in music production? Well, I, I loved it. I still love pop music. You know, I love like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm very... Uh, careful of saying what, what I like or not in a public podcast. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of blue, blues hardcore uh, listeners can really th- <laughs> think I'm a bit uh, quirk. I don't know. <laughs> you know but, I, I, always, um, I listen to a lot of different stuff. I mean, I listen to a lot of uh, blues, obviously, but also uh, gypsy jazz all the way through to like heavy metal. Um, exactly, you know, I mean, there's no frontier to the good music exactly. from classical to yeah from from classical to heavy metal yeah yeah there's all there's all spectrum then then it's circular because heavy metal sometimes is very similar to classical, classical. music isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so uh when you and your brother first got to london were you both um just doing music full-time like were you doing all the jam sessions all of that kind of thing yes we've all been always been doing one one type of job which is the musicians we never did anything else. We cannot do anything else at this point. <laughs> I mean, but that's a hard, that's a hard life, isn't it? Like, it's a, it's a hard hey, life, I guess now. Uh, I guess now it's good, but it's been hard. But it never be, was hard because we were, like, nourished by dreaming about, like, doing cool stuff with the music, you know? To the point, I don't know, but a lot of musicians who are listening to this now, they understand that when you have a, such a driving passion, all you need is just like do music from from day to night. And if you don't earn money, if you just like eat one hot dog a day, stuff like that, you know, it just doesn't really matter because if you just like you cannot have a decent life, a lot of sacrifice, you don't have friends, your girlfriends like drops you, dumps you because just like you don't have a life or just like everybody thinks what's your regular job side when you straighten up, stuff like that. But from the inside we always been like the sort of dreamers that like okay all i want to do is just make music the rest doesn't matter it's just like a mission not a mission it's just like that's it you know i just okay there's a lot of things that i should do which is like trying to make money and but instead i spend the night producing music because that's what i want to do you know that's what happens you just we were miserable but very fulfilled like basically all we want to do is chat always make music do jam for 50 quids 40 quids you know just like yeah spend time with musician have consideration show your licks to people show your vocal chops like oh this cover and this that this this is all that matters all that mattered back then and still does but of course now it's different because the business is is like it's good it's good and uh you know what can i tell you something before like music was just the reason to escape your problems Mm -hmm. all the the fact that you're living far from your family for you know you just play music you cannot wait to go on stage to shut everything off and play some music or just practice in your house for hours because you delay of thinking how shitty your condition is and then 
Now for us, music is just the only moment where we can really have a moment of break. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like I, I, my phone is on airplane mode. I don't send emails. I don't have to deal with people. I don't have to deal with accounting and, mm. and tax form to fill up, stuff like that, you know, and uh, sending rosters to everybody, like call sheet and blah, blah, blah. It's the only moment where, like, I don't have to deal with the human being, if not just my soulmates in the band and just being, just express myself, like reconnect to the primordial feel, which is like yeah. playing solos and singing and, and playing music, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you yeah. guys, uh, I mean, it's rare to see a band of your size that is still kind of run in such an independent way, uh, free of like um, any kind of labels and things like that. Well, we are, we are not like this by choice of sort of ethics and stuff like that. Because uh, if when a proposition, when we will wait, we will see someone who won't work with us, a label. We really are open to everything. That's what I'm saying. Just mm -hmm. like we are not doing this because of our sort of ethics. No, we need to <laughs> must be indie stuff like that. Yeah. The thing is that if you if you don't do it yourself, be waiting for somebody else to do it for you. It's just like you wait forever. I've been waiting forever, just like to wait for someone organ because I've been a terrible guy in organizing like gigs, uh, uh, you know, uh, organ planning a tour. Mm -hmm. uh, I say I shouldn't be doing this but then again you don't do anything you know you grow up and they say there's much potential could be done if only mm -hmm. there's a good uh, mentality here you know mm -hmm. me and my brother the brotherhood is just like great because me and him are growing every day with the same mentality and getting better and better just learning from the past mistakes and uh, talking to each other and saying, yeah, we should do this, this, this. And you see, we can achieve that. We can achieve that. We can achieve that. And JJ and Steve also are on the same wavelength. We all are on the same wavelength. We all love the system we do. If we don't like something, we say it and we try to get better because it, it, it requires a little bit of like experience, a lot of, um, it, it wasn't always like this. You know, I guess it comes in the right time because I was very stubborn. I've been very stubborn. Oh, I don't think this is the way. This is, which is terrible for a business-oriented mind, right? Just yeah. being stubborn and being convinced of your own little world. While I, I, I know what I want, and I'm very like straight, but I'm very open to changes now, and that's what helped. And my brother too. My brother is the same. So uh, we accept everything, and actually. If a guy comes up and says, guys, I want to sign you up if you just started to play blues and singing in Italian, I would have told you 10 years ago, I would have said, nah, I don't want to do that. But I would value the situation. The, the, I would at least value it. You know, that's a big change, you know. Of course, I don't want to sing blues in Italian. I don't want to scare my fans. <laughs> 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 no, but I value everything, you know. Mm. Everything must be valued. Because yeah. that's how you get dynamic, a dynamic mind, and a dynamic. You get to know a lot of people. A lot of people respect you because they're transparent. You know, you don't mm -hmm. impose any of your. Uh, I believe, though, in in a moment of our career, I don't know if you can keep up expanding and being indie, because yeah, literally at the moment, to be, yeah, is it, it how uh, how much longer is it possible? 
because I think you're kind of you must be getting to the point where it's uh, you're getting bigger than what you can handle in terms of the business side of things. Yeah, it's just we don't have a, a private life at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's just like um, a mess, but it's a good mess. Uh, I think it's due time. Like in due time, uh, mm. we will need to have a team if we keep getting like, and I hope so. Yeah. And everybody's uh, everybody's just on a little role. I don't want to get back more on the composing side. She was what what I love the most is just compose and produce music and play in the evening. That's what I care the most. Uh, so let's see. But I tell you, man, there's worse in life. Of course, there's uh, the worst <laughs> stuff. There are worse stuff in life than filling tax forms and doing yeah. stuff like that. Especially if you do it for your own project. I mean, you will do it with another spirit you know because you know that it's your own thing you're cultivating you know and it's just like it's just like this rewarding and i found my peace my inner peace so if i have to keep up the whole life like this i'll do what i'm i must be i must do you know <laughs> well that's, that's good it. to hear man it's good to hear i got one more question for you if that's cool yes yes um, no worries you're obviously uh a virtuosic guitar guitarist um, mm. and piano and keys player. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the kind of process for you to get to the level that you've got at guitar? Like, did you oh, well. practicing every day? Did you learn when you were really young? What was the kind of process? Yeah, I wanted to be a, a guitar hero, of course, when I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. I started a lot of technique. You know, that when they, what, what they say about the two years of madness... I had those two two years of. Uh, I remember, like when I was nineteen. Okay, uh, I used to wake up at eight in the morning, and uh, and it was already evening when I like let the guitar on the on the guitar holder for the first time. I just spent 12, 13, 14 hours on the instrument every day mm-hmm. to the point of of hating yourself, hating music hating the instrument, hating the old world, you know. I, I remember my mom used to call me, say, it's ready for lunch, you know. In, in Italy, lunch is a big thing, you know. So lunchtime, you know, and I said, okay, okay, I'm coming. Then I used to eat lunch and go back to practice. Hmm. Practice, 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 practice. And then it was dinner time. I, I remember already dinner time. Yeah, uh, dinner. Just, and, right. and then exhausted, I remember being worn out, going to bed with... What I start, I used to study was like metronome. You know the music school approach, like the Berkeley approach, like, yeah. like we we'll say John Mayer. Like uh, I wanted to be a jazz player, you know, and I attended a college of music. Uh, so what I did is study every style possible, like from jazz to Latin jazz, uh, rock, hard rock, you know, and. You have phases also. There's a moment of bebop, and for a year long or six months, only bebop, like yeah, transcription yeah, yeah. of Charlie Parker's solos and put it down on yeah. the sheet. Even if it requires one week to take down a few bars, I was mm-hmm. deeping, but shut off completely from the world. And I wanted to be a complete like session guitar player. You know, my heroes were Robin Ford when I was young, was Robin Ford, Larry Carlton, you know, those guys, you know, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. This is where my my here. Of course, I, w- I have a big crush on Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be, you know, a big session player, like yeah. playing every style and 
know the chops, you know, and know, know the chords, know how to play diminished scale on a mm. on a on a thirteen flat nine dominant chord, you know, just like all this stuff, you know. Uh, but then, but then I I I dropped a little bit this this model because I I I I started to feel more for like songwriting and lyrics and artists in general, like the delivery of the whole vibe rather than the singularity, the little notes by notes process you know so i've 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 um, i have a big background but i i drop it all out the window and see what's the real me what am i what i really want to do i don't want to be able to emulate everybody i just want to be one guy doing the right thing that's more right right for me mm-hmm. so it it took a while, you know, when you scroll off all this school mentality, Berkeley school mentality, it yeah. takes a while before you find your own identity. Mm. So that's why also I was searching, you know, I finished school and I started playing new soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, then the singer dropped and I, and I was the singer. Oh, wait a minute. Who writes song? Well, I guess me. And I start writing songs, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and, uh, and that's how it started. You know, the first gig was a tragedy as a lead singer. You know, for me, it just like they didn't throw me tomatoes, but almost. <laughs> I was in the Netherlands. I remember that gig. I sweat. I wasn't that like like covering sweat. Like I swear to God, never was like just because I was stressed. You know, and but I did it, and I did it, and I said, "Okay, it's going to be better next time. Don't worry, guys." Calming my other band members. <laughs> and that's how it goes to the point that you know it's like the blues you know you start with modern blues like all the youngsters like oh fuck i love joe bonamassa love eric gales which is great mm. but then the more you get into the blues you go you go backwards you know you go backwards yeah. you just, wait a minute this is albert king all right wait a minute this is a bb king oh and then you go oh t-bone walker you know and you go till the point you just play delta just delta yeah, because yeah, you think the absence of what you want <laughs> yeah that's it mm. that's it with the music i started out wanted to be a fusion guitar player you know mm. i just want everything and bring art but then i found that okay there's much more you can give with uh, much less you yeah. see what i mean mm. growing up is about this just economy and just find your identity without using a lot of tools mm-hmm. because you've been using them you know so that's it well thank you so much for giving us some time i really really appreciate it um no you're welcome all the best for the shows coming up and have a safe trip to portugal thank you very much all right man take care of yourself Are you fully fretboard confident? Do you know where the notes are, how they connect and how they move up and down the strings? My latest book, The Triad Method, is all about using simple three note shapes to completely unlock the fretboard. This book is absolutely full of light bulb moments that are going to demystify the neck three notes at a time. I've compiled a huge number of diagrams, shapes and exercises based on over 10 years of teaching this stuff to make it as simple as possible. Download The Triad Method and see for yourself today. Link is in the description below.